I'm not governed by the fear of what other people say. You've got to open your heart. Well, number one, he's one of the elite offensive players in the game. What is leadership like in today's football world? Hello, everybody, and welcome in my broadcaster voice to a bonus edition of Not Another Philly Sports Talk Show this is this week. Uh, this is Mike Sealski from the Philadelphia Inquirer, joined at the controls, as usual, by David Murphy from the Philadelphia Daily News. Um, we talked Phillies earlier this week with Matt Gelb and Matt Breen. Now we're here uh, to talk some Eagles uh, with two of our intrepid beat reporters and experts. We have Paul Domowich. Damo, say hello to everyone. Hello. And <laughs> that was a tremendous hello. Uh, very peppy. I don't know you to be a peppy person, but uh, I'm not. that had pep. And, uh, I'm on drugs. Moving on to someone who does not have pep because he became a father a month ago <laughs> and is not getting any sleep. That is uh, Z-Berm, if you follow him on Twitter, Zach Berman. Hey, Zach. Thrilled to be here. Excited for football season. It's right around the corner. I've been waiting. You sound just like a guy who wants to get out of the house because there's a screaming baby <laughs> nah, I in sound the house. I sound like someone who loves his job and loves the NFL and is, is ready uh, to get rolling. And hates screaming babies. To be young. <laughs> so what we wanted to do... Um, Zach, so, Zach is also on drugs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what we wanted to do with training camp, this is, we're recording this on Thursday afternoon. Uh, training camp, I guess, officially begins with the arrival of the quarterbacks uh, on Monday. We kind of wanted to go position by position with you two guys um, to get a sense of how you think things could and or should shake out at each respective position. Some of them obviously are going to be pretty obvious. Um, you think you Carson know, Wentz will be the quarterback? I think yeah. Carson Wentz is probably going to be the quarterback, although we can get into who, you know, the backup options behind him. and playing Matt McGloin. <laughs> <laughs> behind him. Um, and then we'll just go from there. And, uh, and as we said, some of them will kind of answer themselves uh, and some of them – uh, we can really kind of dive into. So let's begin Let's begin at quarterback. Not so much with, is Carson Wentz going to play? But A, to each of you guys, uh, how much of a step forward do you think he will and should take this season? And how do you think the backup situation behind him will play out? Is it a fait accompli that Nick Foles is going to be the guy? Um, and if so, who's the third and fourth guy? You know, How does it all kind of look once season gets going? I think last year was invaluable to Carson. Uh, you know, the, the Sam Bradford deal, I mean, Teddy Bridgewater's injury was just so fortuitous to the team, to him. I mean, instead of a basically a deer-in-the-headlights guy right now, he's a guy with 607 pass attempts, 16 starts. Uh, um, you know, he's become a leader. Uh, so, I mean, he's got all of that going into his second year, plus they dramatically upgraded his receiving core. Maybe dramatically is not a, the correct word because I don't know what we're going to see from – I mean, Alshon Jeffrey and, and Torrey Smith both are, have not played particularly well the last two seasons, but they both certainly have shown that they have immense talent if they can kind of go back to 2013 and 14. So, you know, I expect big things from Carson this year. I would uh, follow up with that by agreeing with the first part of Paul's answer, especially in, in saying the fact that he has a full training camp in preseason is huge. Because last year, he got hurt in the first preseason game. Right. Um, and so he didn't take any first-team snaps before then. He gets hurt uh, in in early August and then doesn't play again until week one of the season. So the fact that he has that uh, full summer is, is going to help him. 
And I, I think they did dramatically upgrade the options, and that's partly because of how bad they were last year at wide receiver. But uh, I'm, I'm big on, on, on Jeffrey. Um, I was when he was in Chicago. You need to be concerned about the fact that he's missed time. But when he's on the field, he's five-plus catches, 80 yards per game. Um, that's, that's number one-esque receiving for you. And then in terms of the second part of your question, uh, Nick Foles is going to be the backup quarterback. Yeah. That's why they ate the money on Chase Daniels because they want Foles here. And I am of the opinion they're only going to keep two quarterbacks. I know they have Matt McGloin, um, and they have Dane Evans as a developmental guy as their fourth. But uh, when you do the roster math, uh, unless there's a clear-cut young quarterback that you want as your third, it doesn't make sense because you can keep more at a different position. Dane Evans is going to go down in Eagles history is the answer to a great trivia question. Who is the guy the Eagles signed immediately in the wake of cutting Doriel Green Beckham? If that's a, <laughs> if, if that's a trivia question 20 years later, <laughs> I look forward to being at that bar. You yeah, because you'll know the bar. answer. Yes. Um, with respect, to, does it make a difference? Do you, do you have any feeling one way or another – um, Foles versus Daniel in terms of helping Wentz. Does that even matter anymore? That, you know, oh, Chase Daniel was supposed to be this incredible mentor uh, to to Wentz. Does that matter now that Wentz is in his second season? I think Daniel served his purpose for a rookie quarterback. I, I don't think you need that in year two for a guy who's thrown 607 regular season passes and started 16 games now. I think what you need now is the best possible option if he goes down, that Nick Foles is a much better option than Chase Daniel. His experience, what he's done in the past, his familiarity with the offense. Um, you know, I, I mean, I think Nick Foles is the right guy for this year, just like Chase Daniels probably was the right guy for him last year. Yeah, they absorbed a lot of money to bring yeah. balls in um, because uh, he is an upgrade when he's on the field. And and the, and the thing with Carson is he has an injury history. Now, the injury occurred last year during the preseason, so he played all 16 games. But what the Eagles need to consider is that if that injury happens in October, if that happens in December, uh, who's stepping in? And You'd rather have Foles than, than Chase Daniels just because of the demonstrated performance. Nick Foles has led a team to the playoffs before. He's won relatively big games before. Uh, so I don't think they're going to miss Chase Daniel. I think, like Paul said, he served his purpose. And, and not just for Carson, but for Doug. Because he was helping Doug introduce that offense. Most of the guys know the system now. Uh, so it was, it was the right move to make. Any concern about the elbow? Um, Carson Wentz, they, they downplayed that a lot this offseason, but uh, a guy like Carson Palmer jumps out at you um, who had Tommy John at one point, and, and Wentz does have that kind of weird – Aaron um, Nola-like delivery. Aaron Nola-like <laughs> delivery. Is, is there any concern there? And keep in mind, he did lead the Baltimore game, I think, for a couple of snaps, didn't he? Or no? Was that the, what, what game did he run in for the X-rays? It was, it was at home. It was a home game. Which it was a Giants game, and, right. Yeah, it was a, the home game against yeah. the Giants. It was it, no, no two snaps spoke louder about a quarterback's <laughs> ill-preparedness to, to yes. take over the reins than Chase Daniel uh, in the red zone. I, I don't have reason to believe the injury is an issue uh, because from indications, at least the indications so far, it was fatigue-related. Uh, you know, he threw a lot and he took some time off and he obviously didn't have – the combine and the senior bowl and all the workouts leading up to it. So um, I guess I'll take the team at their word right now. But uh, 
it is something to monitor for the reasons you said. You mentioned the wide receivers. One question, uh, first question: Did they charter an entire plane for the Eagles' receiving core to go to North Dakota? Because there's probably <laughs> they're like the 357th largest country if you combine them all. I mean, those guys. It was like <laughs> it, it was like a, a a conga line out there, a mini camp. Um, or, or did only like the top six get to go? <laughs> well, uh, I I wasn't out there. I looked for uh, from from what I saw in, ter- in terms of the photos. It, it wasn't just the top six. I mean, you had yeah. your Marcus Johnsons, and you had some guys who were a little uh, down the depth chart. Um, but uh, it, it's it's a nice place to vacation. You know, Fargo. <laughs> uh, Adama went to Vermont. Uh, Fargo's not that bad. I, I've been well, they, to Fargo. Very don't nice you know? They showed, they showed a lot of lake shots, so I guess. <laughs> yeah, they did, it. yeah. He probably so, promised to take them I'm sure there. the hospitality was good, too. So on that note, um, you look at these, you mentioned the receivers, but then you have Donnell Pumphrey, um, Darren Sproles, both of whom are making noises about being involved in the passing game. Um, the tight ends. Jordan Matthews. And then you got three tight ends yeah. who they're com- paying a combined, like, you know, $14 million or something like that. Uh, do they need six receivers on this team? Um, is Shelton Gibson guaranteed a spot? How, how do you, like, how is this distribution, Paul, Zach, how, how do you see this breaking down? I got a feeling. And it's just a hunch that, I mean, they, they've been working Byron Marshall a lot at wide receiver slash running back. And you mentioned Pumphrey, who can line up in the slot. That I got a feeling they'll keep only five wide receivers and go heavy with the running backs. Um, because, you know, I mean, they, they've, they've got some people besides Sproles that can catch the ball now at running back. And it's going to be fun to watch. Peterson move these guys around the formation see how he uses them I'm really intrigued by Pumphrey uh, to see him play see if he can take a hit Uh, obviously he did in college but it's just you look at him and you say there's no way this guy can survive in this league Uh, yet he managed to do just fine uh, in college ball so uh, yeah I think they'll just keep five wide receivers but I've you know we'll see in, in terms of the roster, Matt, there are five who I'm, I'm fairly confident, barring injury, are going to be on the team. And, and that is Jeffrey, Jordan Matthews, Torrey Smith, Matt Collins, and Nelson Aguilar. Uh, and so then Shelton Gibson, that's a good question. Uh, he might have to play his way onto it. And now I don't think he had the best spring. You can't always judge it based on how someone looks in OTAs. Um, but I, I, I do think that there's going to be a decision there. Do you carry a sixth wide receiver or do you carry a fourth running back? And when you're thinking about the fourth running back, you you know you're you're gonna keep um, Blunt, Sproles, Pumphrey. Sm- actually, no, it, it could be five running backs because yeah. you have mm-hmm. Blunt, uh, Sproles, Smallwood, and Pumphrey. What do you think Smallwood's guaranteed a spot on the team? Uh, guarantee. Well, guarantee is a strong word, right. but yeah, I, I I think more than likely so you're gonna have Smallwood. So four running backs, five receivers. That 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 could make sense. But you could also go thinner uh, on some at some other spots. Um, and it's it's interesting that the Eagles even have a decision to make there because when you look at wide receiver last year, they were carrying Bryce Traggs and Paul yeah. Turner, and so <laughs> yeah. it's it's a it's a different situation. For those of you listening, Zach gestured toward me when he said Paul <laughs> Turner. Um, so so Hollins is an interesting player to me. How much of their like of him, so to speak, is based on his abilities as a wide receiver, and how much of it is is based on his skills as a special teams player? Well, they took a great offense when it was suggested that they possibly drafted him because of his special team skills. I mean, clearly it's, it's, a, it's a big factor, but they were suggesting that you don't draft a guy in the fourth round 
just for a special teams uh, uh, wherewithal. You know, he's a, I mean, a guy 6'4 that can, you know, that can run is there aren't a lot of them out there. He's a tough guy, uh, had some injuries in college, but, you know, he looked, looked good during the spring as far as not dropping a lot of passes, uh, got a lot of confidence. You know, I, I'm intrigued by, you know, the mixture of big guys, little guys that they're going for. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how he does in training camp. I say often the, the amount of time and attention that's paid to who's going to be on the 53, uh, a more pertinent question is often who's going to be on the 46. Hmm. Uh, and, and that's who's active on game days. And the fact that Matt Collins can play special teams yeah. as well as they think he can, what that means is he's going to dress on Sundays. Yeah. And if you're dressing on Sundays, you have a chance to get into the game mm -hmm. at, at wide receiver. So I, I don't think they drafted him exclusively because of his special teams ability, but I think it's a route to play. Yeah, yeah Gibson's an interesting guy because if you want – and again, this is OTAs and we were there for like five – 16th of them or whatever but like Marcus Johnson is a guy who stood out a lot more in OTAs than you know Shelton Gibson uh, it, it's gonna you know can a guy like that play his way onto the roster um, I mean he's he's been one of these names that's kind of percolated around for, for the last couple of years got hurt I think in training camp last year but uh, what, what did you make out of what you saw to him in your limited uh yeah I, I I hear they they like him now it, it, it comes down to the math you know they like Paul Turner last year, um, and so uh, how many? They said they liked Paul Turner. They, <laughs> they didn't necessarily it. act like yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, how many receivers are they, are they going to keep, um, and who gets hurt? Uh, if everyone's healthy, uh, to their everlasting dishonor, by the way, that they didn't like <laughs> Paul Turner. Um, if if everyone's healthy across the board, I think it, it, it would be difficult because then you're keeping six receivers, mm. and uh, I can't see him making it over Shelton Gibson. If they go that route, I just think that there are other options they could do at that position. Well, let's look at some of the other positions where these like that final man is going to come come down to. Like last year, they kept an extra safety in Terrence Brooks. Um, for would they keep five safeties? Watkins, Maragos, um, the two starters, and then Terrence Brooks. Yeah. Um, yeah, Linebacker is another one. Like like here's a question: Why are they going to waste the roster spot on a guy who plays 25% of the snaps on defense and 25% of the snaps on special teams and Michael Kendricks? Well, uh, if some if 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 Nigel Bradham either gets suspended or gets hurt, uh, I mean Kendrick still is their best mm -hmm. option as the Sam. But uh, when you're talking about maybe wanting to keep a guy like Nate Jerry and Joe Walker, yeah, I mean they've got to. Well, I mean it's going to be interesting with Kendricks to see him play this summer and preseason. Uh, you know, I mean my 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 feeling with him is that he's. I mean, I know he's a he he he's a been a problem in coverage despite his great athleticism but i mean his his a bigger problem is what he does best they don't do which is blitz uh and i think maybe that jim needs to rethink that a little bit and use him like that uh but going back to the question of of depth and stuff you know you got a lot of guys that maybe can play and maybe can't joe walker yeah. you know you mentioned gary uh Cherry, uh, guys like that that just don't have enough experience to be able to tell right now whether they can play. At least with Kendricks, you know he's he's he can go to Sam if if Bradham's not there uh, and, and give you some snaps now, and and is good enough to play it well. Whether he does or not, that's another question. But I, you know, I, I don't, you know, <sighs> like let's say Jordan Hicks gets out of another pool, breaks his other hand. Yeah. Who starts at middle <laughs> linebacker for the Eagles? Right now, I'd well, there's there's a handful of options. You 
And and, and the term middle linebacker, I, I would say they're in the nickel so much. That, All right, well, who falls in for but, Hicks? But, yeah, in, in nickel situations, I would still think you would go Bradham Kendricks. Okay. Now, in your base defense, uh, Joe Walker's probably the next one up there. Najee Good is someone who has inside-outside versatility. Um, he's, he's still on the team. He's a valuable special teams player. Uh, and, and then and then one more name in that mix, not for the mic, but as as kind of a, a depth linebacker is, is Kamu Grugier Hill. Um, so, but if if Hicks went down, um, my guess is in the base you'd see Walker, and then in the nickel, like Paul said, you would have Kendricks and Bradham. But that's subject to change based on training camp. Are you saying? I mean, do we even know if Walker? Can th- that's the thing. We don't know. <laughs> if Walker. I mean, he's coming up ACL. Yeah. 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 So. I mean, there's a lot of those. It's, it's kind of like, I mean, linebacker, backup linebacker is kind of like cornerback. I mean, there are just a lot of people, and you don't know. Like Ron Brooks, what are we expecting out of him? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> coming off the quad, he didn't play at all during the spring, um, or very little. It, it's, I mean, you just don't know, and, and it's such a wide-open battle for those cornerback spots. It, it's going to be a fun summer from that standpoint, if you can call a cornerback battle a fun It's going to be a fun, <laughs> fun summer for summer. Carson Wentz yeah, from that standpoint. that's right. Yeah, we're going to get an, an elevated sense of what he can do against uh, outside coverage, which, okay, which leads me to, to ask about a, another guy. You know, we're, ask, we're talking about guys like Ron Brooks and Joe Walker who are coming off of injuries and you're not sure what you're going to get. Our colleague Bob Ford wrote a column a few days ago talking about the five guys who, you know, might surprise people in a positive way. And I was surprised that he listed Vinnie Curry because I find that I'm, I kind of, I felt like I kind of had a sense of what Vinnie Curry is. Do you guys think that there's anything else to be extracted from him? Do you think that this is a make it or break it sort of year that he'll have a bigger year because it's now or never? Or, I mean, my feeling is Murph and I have talked about this before. This is the third defensive coordinator that he's played under and nobody's kind of turned him into an every down player. If there's nothing left to be extracted, then I, I think that'll be an issue um, because he's going to get a chance to start. He's going to get a chance to contribute. Uh, now, I don't think he's going to play to the caliber of that contract. If you take the contract aside, I think I think he, he, he can play better. He's shown in the past he can get to the quarterback. Uh, now, can he do it on a consistent basis, and, and, and can he do it with, with the run defense that they want? Um, that's going to be the question. And uh, he's going to have to produce this year – because they're going to look for every reason to get Derek Barnett on the field. Yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a big Vinnie Curry fan. Uh, I thought he was at his best when he when he kind of had that niche as an interior nickel guy in Billy Davis's defense. Uh, you know, he's just not fast enough. I mean, I know when they switched to a four three, uh, the talk was that he was back in 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 what he belongs in. But he just does not get around that edge quick enough, and he's not strong enough to 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 beat tackles with with just his heft so you know I think we've pretty much seen what we're going to get from the guy and particularly I mean I think you're going to see Chris Long uh in a rotation there both inside and outside so I'm I'm not expecting a lot from Vinny uh even though it certainly would help that pass rush if they got it but the addition of a pass rusher can make such a difference um and they drafted Barnett to be that guy not necessarily right away one would think but it's not unheard of that a first-year player can have that kind of impact. Is there any reason to think he can? No, other than the fact that he's a rookie, and you, so you, there's, there's there's always that you just never quite know. But I mean, every every scout I've talked to about the guy just loves him. The way he gets around an edge, uh, the way he can bend, uh, 
you know, he's not – he doesn't possess the athleticism that Miles Garrett has, uh, but he's probably a better pass rusher right now. Uh, you know, I think he's going to make an immediate impact. I mean, I think he's going to be a, a you know, a 40, 45, 50% uh, snap guy right out of the gate. I would compare it to Fletcher Cox's rookie year in 2012 when um, Fletcher came in and they had Colin Jenkins and Mike Patterson and Derek Landry. And so he he wasn't your day one starter. But it became pretty clear by November and December that year that he he needs to be on the field and he needs to be on the field a lot. Uh, And I think that's what's going to happen with Barnett is that when the season starts, um, he's he's not going to – you know, be taking a significant number of snaps. He's going to be on the field, but he's not going to be 70, I'm 70% of the snaps a game. But when we look up at the snap counts at the end of the year, like Paul said, I think he's going to be in that 40 to 50 area. Is there any – last year there were nine trades um, <laughs> in August. They were mostly the Doriel Green Beckham for Dennis Kelly type. Uh, nobody got traded for more than a fifth-round pick. Which the Titans won, by the way. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yes. They won that trade. <laughs> Who knew? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but R.I.P. Doriel Green Beckham. <laughs> uh, R.I.P. D.G.B. Like, built like Tarzan, play like play like Jane, play like Josh Huff. Um, didn't, didn't even play as well as Josh Huff. No. Um, is there any chance? Uh, you know, we, we've heard the names Kelsey, Kendricks, Jordan Matthews, in, in trade rumors. Is there any chance any of these guys is on the move before the start of the regular season? I doubt it, but I mean anything's possible. But I, Kelsey, they're not going to move. Uh, you know, I, I wasn't. I don't. I didn't put a lot of credence in the rumors when they were. You know, when they were being floated around. I mean, I know he's been inconsistent the last two years, but you don't. You don't want to put in a brand new center right now when your quarterback is in his second year, coming off you know the experience he got last year. Um, and Matthews, you know, Matthews has the tendonitis issue, and that's going to scare some teams, even if they wanted to trade him. And, I, you know, I mean, if they trade him, what are they – you know, they, Mike, Mike Rowe said a lot of nice things about Nelson Aguilar in the, playing in the slot in the spring in, in Jordan Matthews' absence. But You're going to put you know, Nelson Aguilar in yeah, the slot? Yeah, exactly. I mean, Jordan Matthews has proven he can go in there and catch 70, 80 balls, especially when you've suddenly added two guys on the outside who are going to free him up inside. So I, I just can't imagine them being, even if, if he's completely healthy, being willing to, uh, to part with Jordan Matthews right now. Now, knowing Howie, my guess is there's going to be trades, uh, but they're not going to be of the Jason Kelsey, Jordan Matthews variety. My guess is it's, is it's someone who – who they are not planning on keeping, and they try to get a pick for him. And the other side of that, and whether this is a trade or a, or a waiver claim, I would guess right now that one of their cornerbacks on the roster on September 10th is not on the team right now. So whether that comes via trade or a player is cut elsewhere, uh, I, don't think, I don't think the 89, 90 guys they have now, and I say 89 because Ryan Matthews won't be on the team come mm-hmm. September 10th, um, I don't think that's everyone who's a possibility for the 53 when they play Washington. Rasul Douglas, is he one of the, those starting cornerbacks? Is he the third guy? Where does he factor in? I would say by, by week 17, he's, he's one of the starting cornerbacks. Um, by week one, he's going to have every chance to win it. I don't know if, if he's going to be ready then. Now, um, when you talk about top three, there's a chance he could be that. He, he won't play in the slot, but you can bounce – 
either a Patrick Robinson or Jalen Mills inside if you want. Um, the the flip side to that is uh, I'm curious to see if they want to get an established slot cornerback. Mm-hmm. Ron Brooks filled that role fairly well last year when he was healthy. Uh, like Paul said earlier, we need to see how he looks coming off the injury. But I think in terms of talent and in terms of long-term projection, Rasul Douglas is going to be a starting cornerback here. I just don't know if it's going to be in November or if it's going to be in September. You know, two guys that were in, that had good springs that are kind of intriguing, although I'm sure people are just going to yawn. But Aaron Grimes played well in the spring. So did C.J. Smith. And you talk to – I mean, their biggest – their big, their most ardent supporter is, is Malcolm Jenkins. I mean, he thinks both of these guys I'm are capable Smith. of starting. I would say I'm number two for C.J. Smith behind Malcolm. I love C.J. Smith. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, that's, that's the thing about this whole – cornerback crew I mean none of the names thrill you none of them are Deion Sanders or, or Darrell Rivas They're, but they all kind of bring something to the t- table and you don't have to they don't need great cornerbacks in Jim Schwartz's defense if that pass rush is working they need people that are going to hold up wide receivers and disrupt them from getting into their routes while that rush gets to a quarterback now who that's going to be we you know we'll find out as time goes along here but they've got some guys that, that are a little bit intriguing it is kind of interesting, though, because, like, Schwartz is big. Uh, I don't know if he would tell you this, but certainly from my perspective, his big Achilles heel in Detroit was his cornerbacks. And if, if you look at – this team is almost constructed right now like a poor man's version of those Lions teams with, with Alshon Jeffrey being the poor man's version of Calvin Johnson and, you know, Torrey Smith being the poor man's version of, you know, that sec- Nate Burleson or whoever, yeah. <laughs> whoever that second wide receiver always was. People are not going like like to people are not gonna like the idea that Carson Wentz is a poor man's Matthew Stafford. Uh, is Doug Peterson a poor man's Jim Schwartz? <laughs> <laughs> wow, we're, yeah. I mean, look, it's not a perfect analogy. <laughs> but th- that, those teams got some very good pressure up front. Um, they just can never figure out uh, that cornerback position. And those teams made the playoffs, by the way, I, I, or they made one playoff well, game. Uh, Howie Roseman says that's not the goal. He says the goal is to win. <laughs> it's not to go ten to six. Make yeah. The playoffs, yeah. Um, it, it's just it's going to be interesting to me. And and on on that note, I guess my question is, uh, there was a lot made uh, um, about Doug Peterson's comments about <laughs> um, <laughs> talk about the trees getting lost in the forest or the forest yeah. getting lost in the trees. Uh, you know, Doug Peterson did not come out and and say that the Eagles were better than than the Green Bay Packers teams that won the Super Bowl. He was trying to make a larger point, and it kind of got lost in aggregation. Um, but that being said, he, he does – if people are thinking that way, which I know a lot of Eagles fans are, what are the expectations for Doug Peterson? What should they be? And, I, I mean, this team's set up where he's got to have a good offensive showing this year, doesn't he? Um, and, and he's definitely, definitely talking like that. He's definitely not lowering the bar for himself. I mean, they've made a lot of improvements. Uh, you know, I mean, this was – a seven and nine team last year with a rookie quarterback and a lot of holes and injuries, but I mean they've 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 had a good off season or at least it would seem so, uh, and and the fact that Wentz is now a second year quarterback with with the, with what he's done in year one is is huge. Um, I mean I think they can be a ten. I mean their schedule is very difficult, but they can be a ten win team if things break right if their injuries aren't a factor I mean be, just because of, of you know I mean their offensive line by pro football focus rated it the best in the league their defensive line USA Today rated third so I mean you, you can question whether the the credence of, of, of the people that selected them but um, the fact is they they have two legitimately decent lines and it, it all starts there Howie Roseman can draft Sidney Jones and think about the long term. Doug Peterson can't. 
um, because Doug Peterson needs to show improvement this year um, simply because uh, I think that position is more replaceable than obviously with the Carson Wentz position or even Howie in the eyes of, of Jeffrey Lurie. Howie's, Howie's building this long-term. It's, it's actually similar to when, when the Sixers were hiring Brett Brown and, and, and Brett Brown was holding out for that longer contract um, because uh, if, if you're going to commit to kind of building down the line, um, you need a certain amount of patience. And I don't know if there's patience here for the head coach. Uh, so that's a long way of saying uh, Doug – I think Doug knows – he needs to show him improvement. Now, what is that number? It needs to be better than seven wins, um, and eight might not be good enough. Um, now, as in, he would get fired if it's not. As in, I don't want to put someone on a hot seat, but as in, yeah, there's a. If if you look at the coaching changes last year, uh, Rex Ryan was fired after two years. Chip Kelly was fired after one year. Um, it's it's harder in this league yeah. to to have the Andy Reid coming in in 1999 and saying this is my five year plan. Um, it's, it's owners don't owner and they're not the only ones who look at it that way. Owners just don't look at it that way anymore. And you can have a five-year plan, but the second year better be a, a, you better be a playoff contender. Uh, you know, this isn't the NBA. I mean, no matter how long you're looking down the, the, no matter how long you're looking at when you're going to finally be a legitimate Super Bowl team year two, you've got to at least knock on the door of the playoffs and I'll say this, it, it was it was really good for Carson that he played in year one, like Paul said earlier. Probably wasn't as good for Doug. Yeah. Because if 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 you're introducing Carson as a rookie quarterback this year, then you want a certain degree of continuity there. It, uh, it I I think a number of us wrote that last year that the advantage to having Sam Bradford was that what the the person who benefited most from Sam Bradford staying here was Doug Peterson. Mm-hmm. Because the clock doesn't start exactly. ticking on Doug Peterson until Sam Bradford is out of the way and Carson Wentz takes over. And now that's what you're judging everybody on. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm with you guys. I feel like the, 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 almost, it's almost as if the number of victories doesn't in a way matter. Like, if, if, for instance, if by some development their defense turns out to be incredible and they win a bunch of games because of their defense, their pass rush, whatever the case may be, but Wentz stagnates or doesn't take that major step forward, would Jeffrey Lurie and Howie look at that and say, well, we've got the defense in place. Who's in charge of the offense? And why didn't they take the step forward that we thought? I mean, does that change the equation then for Doug? That's interesting. Um, And I think if if they show improvement, uh, at least in terms of the wins-losses, regardless how they got there, it's hard to make a move, mm-hmm. um, but I, I I do think after this year, if they do show Im- improvement, or even if if they're eight and eight, um, which in, in my eyes are an eight and eight, nine and seven, seven and nine team, you know, depending how things fall, uh, the question's going to be okay. Management thinks they have a championship level quarterback. They think they're putting the pieces together around them. Do they have a championship level coach? Coach, right? And we'll know that. After sample size of 32 games, a little better than we know after sample size of 16. Well, I, I think the more interesting thing is to kind of flip that around and say if they uh, don't have a good season win loss wise, but Carson once does take uh, mm-hmm. to me like that's the more realistic scenario where um, like it's really hard for me to see that this defense be done. I just don't know how you're dominant defense with these. Guys. I, you, I could be completely wrong, but let's let's say um, like it's almost like Doug Peterson is like being great. At, 
there's two two kind of tracks to grade him on. The one is the team, uh, where you have the things like play uh, or uh, situational calling. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the overall the ebb and flow quit of the season. Yeah, you guys that sort quit of thing, on them yeah. to penalties, yada yada yada. But like the one thing I I was I was impressed about with Doug Peterson last year uh, is like he should get some credit for if, if everyone thinks Carson Wentz played surprisingly well last year for a rookie quarterback. I mean, the guy calling the plays and and working with him to me should get some of that credit. And I thought, especially early on, like I thought Peterson showed kind of an intuitive feel for for you know route combinations and and Carson Wentz's first read a lot of times was open and and he all you know checking at the line and like there's kind of two different tracks there especially when you think about the continuity issues with Sam Bradford and and Matthew Stafford and some of you know a lot of these young quarterbacks where you just get into this roulette of coaches coach coach and new system new system new system how much is it the Eagles as a whole what they do and how much is it what what Carson Wentz does in his comfort level with Doug Peterson and how the offense looks I, th- I think they have a pretty good relationship I think he handled them well uh, you know he's got a good quarterbacks coach and an offensive coordinator an offensive coordinator who like Doug played in the league and and I, I think that has benefited Carson uh, what what's also benefited Carson and, and didn't make him um, like Jared Goff was the offense he came from. I mean, everybody pointed out early on, well, he's a Division One AA quarterback, and that's going to hurt him. Well, what that didn't hurt him. What what helped him was he came from a pro-style offense and was able to do the things he was asked to do at this level, as opposed to Jared Goff, who came from a spread and wasn't able to do those things and looked like a quarterback with a deer in headlights quarterback in training camp with the with the Rams and didn't get on the field to the last seven games. So I think that all benefited him along with the injury to Teddy Bridgewater, which kind of triggered everything that followed. What uh, You said you were excited for Zach. You, you were excited for – what haven't we talked about that you're excited about? Like what are you looking forward to, to seeing with this team? Uh, what will you be watching? Well, the cornerback competition, like you said, uh, Carson's development. I, I want to see Alshon Jeffrey. I was, I was impressed with what I saw during the spring. Um, I, I'm curious to see the pass rush now. I think you need to wait until the preseason to really get a sense of that. Um, uh, uh, Pumphrey is someone I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued by because what jumped out to me during OTAs is how much they were using him as, as a receiver. That wasn't a huge role for him at San Diego State. He caught the ball, but he was a prolific running back. Now, part of that might have been because you're not really running much during OTAs, but I think a, a bigger part of that, and, and I shouldn't just say I think from talking to the coaches, uh, they want to see what he can do out of the backfield in that Sproles-like role. Um, so I want to see more of Pumphrey there. Uh, so there, uh, it's, it's fascinating. There are 89 players right now that I'm – Really in, intrigued to kind of see how that uh, how they look next week. Who's the 90th guy that you're not intrigued? Yeah, that's <laughs> Brian Matthews. Right. Oh, okay. and, and I, yeah, I'm intrigued I, by when he's going to get cut. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, what is? I mean, not that it necessarily matters, um, but when it what what are we waiting for on that front? His physical, I guess. I mean, he's going to fl- you know, uh, which I would assume that's this is going to happen next week, Wednesday. Uh, I would imagine yeah. the physicals Wednesday when they come and and. Yeah, based on what our, our colleague Les Bellin reported, that's that's what uh, that's what the, the that's what the holdup is. He needs to be medically cleared. In that and physical. he's probably retiring. Is that what the assumption I, is? I I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Hey, let's let's take it out of the realm of just kind of the eagle centric view 
we always seem to take. You have uh, a situation in Washington with Kirk Cousins where there certainly seems to be friction between the quarterback and the front office. Um, you have a situation in Dallas where, you know, there's ostensibly anyway some questions about whether Ezekiel Elliott will be suspended. You know, it's the Cowboys. There's always drama, that sort of thing. Um, how do you see the rest of the, of the division kind of shaking out? You know, Eli Manning is, you know, presumably going to be the Giants quarterback for another season. Um, you know, he's, he's getting up there in years. He kind of is what he is at this point. You get some great plays, you get some mistakes, that sort of thing. How do you see the division as a whole shaking out? I still look at, at the top two teams last year as the top two teams, uh, Dallas and the Giants. Now, I, I say that with a caveat. I don't think you're going to see a, a really dominant NFC East team. Um, my guess is 10-11 wins wins the division this year. Uh, and it's, it's going to be fairly crowded. I don't think there's a three-win team in this division or a four-win team, um, but I, I don't think there's a dominant team. Uh, I, I'd, I'd be intrigued about what Eli has offensively, adding Brandon Marshall, adding Evan Ingram. Um, that's a team that's really going to move the ball well. And then the Cowboys, if, if Dak Gracie. Prescott plays at the level that he did last year uh, with that offensive line and with Ezekiel Elliott and Des Bryant, um, there's a lot to like there. Yeah, I think I mean I think Dallas is going to take a step down. They're still going to be a very good team, but you know I I st- I don't like their defense. I mean they're mm-hmm. still not a very good defensive team. And this is even before we find out what's going to happen with Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, you know Prescott. You take you take Elliott out of that formula, and suddenly Derek. De, uh, Prescott has got to do a lot more than he had to do last year. The team that that I see making the big stride this year, even though they won ten last year, is the Giants. I mean, they're they're balanced. They're you know the, the weapons they've added on offense. Their defense is solid. Uh, you know, I mean, they look to me like the best team in the division right now. Washington, Washington's Washington. Uh, <laughs> you know, they're screwed up. Yeah, you know, aside from their problems with the front office and the quarterback so you know right now I look at the Giants as probably the favorite in the division Mike you mentioned something before we wrap up you mm-hmm. mentioned something but as we were kind of rushing through our prep here mm-hmm. um, kind of like a little situational type thing where oh. where you know that like you know here's the thing about football you know someone's gonna get hurt and probably multiple people multiple people are gonna get hurt and I think like when you start projecting the Eagles as well they should definitely be this like I still think that they're like one player away in a lot of positions from like being like, what if like Patrick Robinson gets hurt or like they might not even be able to staff the position if a cornerback gets hurt. Um, <laughs> but like, look at the, I mean, we saw last year yeah. with, you know, Lane Johnson, you know, Jason Peters is 36. Uh, who do you think the biggest concern is injury? What do you think the, what position do you think is the biggest concern injury wise? Um, and um, like, do you think Jason Peters makes the season through, through the season healthy? You have no idea, but I'm still going to ask well, you that. I'm going to pick a, a kind of a guy nobody's probably thinking about, LeGarrette Blunt. I mean, they got him for third for short yardage situations. Right. Uh, and they don't um, – most of the rest of their running backs are all little guys that they can move around. I don't know a lot of them that are going to be, you know, especially with Ryan Matthews moving on, that are, are going to help them in those short yardage situations. So, you know, you know, there's a lot of other guys probably you could point to, Fletcher Cox and others, but – I'd say Legarrette Blunt, if he gets hurt and is out of the equation, it changes things. I'd go Lane Johnson, um, and we saw that last year. I'd say Lane Johnson over Jason Peters because I think if something were to happen to Peters, 
you slide Lane Johnson over to left tackle, and you're still getting strong left tackle play. Um, I don't know what they would do at right tackle if Lane went down. Uh, there's there's Vitae again, and, and you saw him last year have an up-and-down rookie season. But you saw when Lane Johnson entered the lineup, um, I don't think he's a good offensive tackle. I think he's a great offensive tackle. Uh, and, and he's one of, he's he's – if he can give them a full 16 games, uh, then I think he'll be one of the best offensive linemen in the league. Do you think Salamalo starts? So, Salamalo starts? I think so, yeah. I think they want him to. Uh, it's up to him now. I mean, he, if he has a solid camp in preseason, I think he's your starting left guard. Does Taylor Hart have any chance at sticking at tackle? Uh, no, I think they have too much depth at, at offensive line right now. And uh, it's a good story, but – Get that story in before <laughs> the race. Yeah, exactly. Do you think they keep eleven offensive linemen like they did last year? It depends on the on the, on the numbers elsewhere. Um, and there are guys that they like there. Uh, you know, when you're talking about the backups, um, if if you're saying Isaac's going to start, then you have Alan Barber, you have Stefan Wisniewski, you have Chance Warmack. Um, so that's three right there. Uh, and and then Dylan Gordon, someone they're developing. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Big V's your your backup right tackle. Um, and I mean Matt Tobin has experience, so uh, they have a lot of depth at, at at that position. But I don't think they're going to keep you know the the Daryl Green spot um, like they did last year. But if 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 they have ten guys that they really like, and Dylan Gordon's your eleventh, then they're going to keep Dylan Gordon. I think he's someone they have plans for. Gentlemen, thanks so much for coming in. Thanks Appreciate it very much. Um, we'll talk to you guys all. Well, make sure you, let's. Uh, what? Uh, if you want to hear more of this. Oh yeah, yeah. We have what? Excellent insight. We've got the Bird's Eye View podcast. Bird's Eye View podcast. When are you guys, when are you guys uh, recording right. another one of them? Uh, still figuring out the specifics of it, but I I will tell all all you, all your loyal listeners that um, the Inquirer that our Eagles coverage is changing. The Inquirer and Daily News are together, so I'm fortunate that. Uh, that Paul Domowich and Les Bowen are part of uh, my our my colleagues now with uh, Jeff, and we have the it, it's fair to say the most comprehensive, the most experienced um, coverage team you'll find. So you can find that all on Philly.com and the Philadelphia Daily News and the Philadelphia Inquirer. And you guys are doing working on a video package, correct? Correct. I don't know Wh- when it's going to appear, but. Uh Stay uh, tuned. More insight from yeah. the most experienced uh, <laughs> crew in. In the history Philly. of pro football. We, you know what? I won't even ask you guys to add up the total number of years. Cause, no. Cause I can't count that high. I literally can't count that high. No. All right, guys. Thanks a lot. All right. Thanks. Thanks.